This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. i to be back uh, in Leeds and um, God has actually put something very specific on my heart for you today that um, as I turned to prayer, he kept drawing me back to a verse uh, that's found in John chapter 4. Thank you. Um, sorry, John chapter 3. And um, it's uttered by John the Baptist. So I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 3. We'll just get the context by reading the verse before as well as the verse after. Then we'll come back to this verse that God has put on my heart. John chapter 3, verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. So it's this verse 27, what John says here, A man or a woman can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. I'm, I'm so, so glad of the journey that God has taken us on in our lives. And like the scripture says, it's a journey of from glory to glory. And uh, I'm so grateful for what happened 30 years ago. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, because we wouldn't be where we are, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing if it were not for that. So I don't want in any way to be antagonistic to my past, but I'm so grateful that in his kindness and graciousness, he doesn't leave us there, but actually his revelation is progressive. And I, I would not be where I am today, walking into what I'm walking, if it were not for people and for circumstances and for his grace in the past that has enabled me to be where I am. But I think as God opens our eyes to new things, it's really important that we step into the fullness of it and don't live in the past. As good as the past is, the past is not to shape us. We're to be shaped by what comes from above and the promises of God. And over these last months and a couple of years now, there has become this growing awareness in us that um, because he is, Jesus is the lover, he is the groom, 
We are the bride. And so, guys, we've got to get used to being the bride. We are the bride of Christ. And ladies, you've got to get used to being the sons of God. Because it's the sons that receive the inheritance. So male and female, you receive the inheritance. There is no gender distinction in the new covenant. Let's be clear about it. It doesn't exist. It's because the spirit is the one that gifts. And so we, we're on this journey into a greater understanding of what does it mean to be the bride of Christ? What does it mean to be sons of God? And in terms of the marital relationship of Jesus being the groom and we being the bride, it is really clear that the initiative with love lies entirely with him. He is the lover. We are the beloved. And so he takes the initiative and we get to respond. And it is nothing about us trying harder. It is not about us taking initiatives. It's allowing him to take the initiative and for us to respond to what comes from heaven. And it changes the way we do life. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given him from heaven. And so, as the lover, he wants to pour out his love to his bride. So this has changed the way this understanding has changed the way we do life. Again, I'm grateful for my past. I'm grateful for the revelation that's come. But this understanding of, I will bless the Lord at all times, and I'm going to give it a go today, is not really part of our vocabulary. Because we start the day by opening our hearts to receive love. And having received love, I will bless the Lord at all times. How can I do anything else now that I've received his love? And instead of striving, we live in responding to the lover of our souls. And so, for Marge and I, because the lover of our souls doesn't stop loving us while we're asleep, we begin the day by opening our hearts to, first of all, not give, but to receive. Because... Every new day, he wants to pour more into us. And so, we open our hearts to receive from him all that he wants to give to us. Now, here's the amazing thing, that there are so many gifts he wants to give to us because he is just so generous. 
but more than anything else, he wants to give himself. This is so fabulous. You know, you can give a gift and not give yourself. But when he gives, he not only wants to give gifts, he wants to give himself. Isn't this what the scripture says? And again, it, ha it has to change my theology. This idea that I had that, um, you know, Jesus, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Yeah, so Jesus came um, so that um, we could get right with God because, you know, he was on the edge of being ticked off as the father. And, you know, just thankfully sent Jesus because you don't want to get in his wrath. And actually, that's not what the Bible says at all. What the Bible says is that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. He not only sent a gift, he came himself. He came himself in the person of Jesus so that Jesus could say, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. In fact, the works I do, it's the Father that's living in me that's doing his works. And so, it's not just gifts, but he wants to give himself afresh. And because he is without limit, every day is a day to receive what he is like. Go ahead, Zuhan. You know, like Ian says, we just receive every day. And I've come to realize, and it was just this week, I suddenly thought, oh, the manna that was given every day, it was fresh, was a sign for us to live in because of Jesus, that every day is fresh manna. So although he, God may have done amazing stuff yesterday, and I can thank him for him, you know, I just sense the next day he's going, well, well there's more today. You know, it's not um, love on a budget. He's not eking it out. But there is so more because he's given us Holy Spirit without measure, which is Jesus unlimited. And so every day, whatever was fantastic yesterday, and we're thanking him for it, it's like, well, you don't have to live off that. You can live off even more today. So my encouragement is for us to, it's a change of mindset to know that every day it is fresh and we don't have to live off yesterday's manner. So what do we do is that when we wake up, we lie in bed for a little while. And we've, we've made this a, a very deliberate action of opening up our hearts as we are waking up opening our hearts to the wonder of who he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what they have to give us. And of course, because the Father is himself love, every morning we can open up ourselves to the love that comes from him, allowing our hearts to be bathed in love. My inner world was destined to be filled by his love. So was yours. And not only his love, but the words of love that come out of his mouth 
that are destined to shape our lives according to divine destiny, not according to earth's design. Because man does not live by bread alone. We need bread, but we don't live by bread alone because we live by every word that proceeds. And that word proceeds, as you can tell, is present continuous tense. And uh, our father Abraham learned some stuff about living in the current word of God, didn't he? Because God said, take Isaac up the mountain and sacrifice him. And I'm so glad that Abram got to learn to live by every word that proceeds. Because when he got up there and laid him on the altar and tied him down and lifted up the knife and was ready to sacrifice him, it was the angel of the Lord that said, don't do it. Carried the word of the Lord to Abraham so that Abraham lived by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Just because God said something to you last week, listen to what he's saying today. Today, if you will hear his voice. Today is a day of salvation. That doesn't mean about being born again. It means coming into the wholeness of the purposes of God that he has for our lives. Today is a day of salvation. If we hear his voice, take it to our hearts. These words of love are destined to shape our lives and to, to cause our inner world to be filled with heaven's realm. And because he loves you, because you're born from above, Today is a day that he wants to lavish love. Like Marge is saying, he's so generous. He's so full of stuff that he wants to give us. He wants to pour out again. He adores you because you've received Jesus. You've received his perfect gift. Now he wants to give you all things. And so we open up to the Father to receive his love. And we open up to Jesus to receive more what comes from him. And what comes from him? Well, the Bible says, first of all, he's full of grace and truth. So there's more grace. <laughs> However much grace you've received, what I can tell you is he's not run out of it. There's more grace for you to receive today. And grace is his ability to live his life. It is the incredible delight of having divine advantage because God is on your side empowering you with his resources to do what we certainly couldn't do ourselves. And every day is a day to receive fresh grace. What I love about Apostle Paul is this is how he lives because every letter that he wrote opens up with two things. Every letter opens up with grace and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. And so Jesus is filled with grace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Shalom. He wants to give grace and peace to us in fresh measure every day. Whatever you've come into, there's always more grace and peace. So that Paul could say... I am what I am by the grace of God. It's what's 
enablement has come from Jesus that's caused Paul to be who he was. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to a guy in his 30s, dear friend of ours. He's a son of the house that we have there in Leicester, but no longer lives in Leicester. And in fact, he is head of sixth form at a school, and so he is pastorally responsible for 350 sixth form students. And uh, he, he was just sharing some of the delights that he's involved in because of his pastoral involvement. He is a pastor, uh, but his expression of pastor is in the school system. And uh, he was just saying to me that he's had to walk through some mental health issues. over recent years, and um, he says, I think one of the reasons that I've had to walk through some things is because when I was a young man, I was told, you can do anything. And as he gets older, he discovers he can't do anything at all. And so, for years, he's lived in the frustration of, I can do anything, but actually, when it comes to outworking it, he's hitting these barriers. And we talked together, and I tried to help him understand that actually, what he was fed there, that you can do anything when you're a young man, is an absolute lie. Because a man can only receive what comes from above. And it's a taking hold of grace. It's a taking hold of the words that come out of the Father's heart for us and allowing these to fill our lives and allowing them to germinate and grow. And I, for one, I don't want to be anything because Jesus says, I've come to do your will. Oh my God, I want to be shaped by the Father's love. I want to be shaped by words that come out of his mouth. I want to be shaped by grace. And I just don't want to become what I want to be. And so we live responding to heaven's realm, not out of any other paradigm. And of course, this relationship that we have is trinitarian so we receive from the father we receive from the son from jesus the grace and the the peace that he gives and we receive from holy spirit and of course holy spirit is like what marge is saying jesus has the holy spirit without measure and he longs to give it and the holy spirit It's so wonderful because he is the father and the son. He's the perfect personification of them. And he just loves to impart to us what they're like. And one of the examples that uh, the Holy Spirit represents is, is oil. So he carries an anointing. An anointing is to do with rubbing with oil in the Old Testament. And so Jesus is the anointed one. He has the spirit without measure. And any time we get near Jesus, he longs 
to put his spirit upon us and we get oiled, we get affected by Holy Spirit. And what I've come to appreciate in, in recent years is for, for, that I used to be so taken up with gifts, but I've really come to appreciate fruit. I've really come to appreciate his nature. How that he's so full of love. He's so full of joy. So full of peace. So full of kindness and patience and goodness. And he's utterly faithful. He only, he only takes the words of Jesus. He doesn't speak any other words other than the words of Jesus. Utterly faithful. Utterly gentle. And so self-controlled. And he wants to impart his nature to us. And out of my time here in Leeds, probably the most profound thing that I learned, I learned from my eldest boy, who was probably two or three at the time. Of course, it, when you're a single guy, you think parenting is about what you can do for your kids. And there is an aspect that you have some things to do for your kids. I don't take away from that. But boy, do they teach us some stuff. Yeah, about yourself. And you might have heard the story before because, you know, I've been around. But I want, just want to say it again. So here he is. Two or three, I can't remember exactly. It's a summer's evening. And uh, as it comes with this job, often you're out at night. And so I'd come home to have, I had tea. And uh, I thought I'd, after tea I'd sit and watch the six o'clock news with Marge. And we just cuddled up on the settee. She had her head into uh, my chest. And we were just watching the news together. And when the news was over, I got up to go out and, as I did, was to kiss all my kids and tell them I love them and say I'd be back later. And so I, I go out of uh, our back door and uh, there's Andrew who's out in the back garden and uh, I, I get down to his level and I said, come and give daddy a kiss and a cuddle. And so he readily came to me and I kissed him. And as I'm kissing him, he pulls away from me, which is unusual for him because he was such a daddy's boy. He pulls away from me and looks at me dead square in the eyes with his piercing blue eyes and uh, says, Daddy, quizzically, you smell of mummy. And the reason was that he was hugging me and it felt like daddy, but because I had been next to Marge, her perfume was on me and what he was sensing in smell was mummy. The anointing that was on her gets smeared on me. And if we spend time with Jesus in his presence, 
we smell like him. And we don't even know it. I had no idea I smelled like Marge. But this anointing of being intimate with someone, and if it's intimacy with Jesus, rubs off so that we carry his fragrance. It's completely unknown to us. And the more I'm opening my heart to him in the morning, as well as during the day, because once is not enough, you understand. He, he has so much to give. Just one time of receiving in the day isn't enough to receive all he wants to give. It begins to transform us so that people are, are catching more of Jesus. So, this sense of receiving has become a priority for us. Out of which, then, we've got something to give to him. We love because he first loved us. It's not something I must seek to work up from within inside myself. I receive, and in receiving, we can pour it out and give to others. So this Trinitarian connection of receiving Father's love, of receiving grace and peace, of receiving Holy Spirit is a rhythm of life that God wants us to have. And actually, none of us need to live life on empty. It's not about coming to meetings. It's about coming to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's about receiving all the time from what they want to pour into our lives. So, close your eyes a moment. Put your hand on your heart. And right now where you are, you can just drink of his presence. Right now you can receive the love that the Father has for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He longs to speak his words of love to you to shape your inner world and to release divine destiny into your heart. So even now, let your word, Father, come and affirm and bring clarity and bring further revelation into the hearts of your people. And as hands are on heart, Lord, we just ask that, Jesus, your touch of grace and peace might come to every heart. That your shalom shall fill people's lives and mold people into even more carriers of peace. And Holy Spirit, that your anointing, your smearing, shall bring the very life of God, the very nature through your fruit, through your gifts, the very nature of God, come to us in increasing measure. In Jesus' name. Yeah. So this verse, a man can receive nothing except what comes to him from above. 
What comes from above comes from a different realm. And as it shapes us, it makes us people from another realm. This is actually what it means to be apostolic. God intends for every person in the body of Christ to be apostolic. Doesn't mean to say they're apostles, but everybody is to be apostolic. That is to receive from another realm, to be sent from another realm, and to carry that other realm into whatever sphere you're going into. Apostles are intended to make the church apostolic, like prophets are, made, are intended to help the church become prophetic. And pastors are enabled the church to become pastoral because we're so shepherded by the great shepherd. There's a bunch of people out there that know nothing of being shepherded. And being shepherded by the great shepherd, we take his nature and his character outside of four walls to shepherd society. So the second thing that I want to do this morning is talk, if I may, for a moment about Brexit. Because it's hot in the news. And we want to be people that are carrying heaven's realm into the situation. So I said to you, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hearing from the voice of God directly is absolutely essential for everybody that's born of God. But it's not the only way God speaks. Because God has chosen to also speak to us through prophets that carry his voice, mouthpieces of God. And prophets do not replace us hearing from God ourselves, but hearing from God ourselves don't replace prophets either. It's not an either or. This is the way God chooses to do it. God does nothing without revealing it, first of all, to his servants, the prophets. Why he does it, I'm not sure, but that's the way he does it. So I must honor how he does it. And so over recent years, I've, God in his grace has caused us to connect with people from different prophetic streams than we historically had connected with. But I'm honoring them for being prophets. And one of them who God brought into contact with our lives two and a half years ago is a lady from Glasgow Prophetic Center called Emma Stark. Emma is originally from Northern Ireland, but has been in Glasgow Prophetic Center for many years, based in Scotland. But she is a prophet that has words for not only people, but for cities and nations and regions as she carries God's heart. And there's a grace that she carries as a prophet for this. And so she came to Leicester, where we are, for the first time two and a half years ago. We had never, ever met her. And she came to the church building uh, to speak to the pastors of the city. We gather every week to pray. 
and we, she was invited to come and speak to us. And the first people she pulled out as we turned to the Lord in prayer and worship was Marge and I. She pulled us out and began to prophesy and talk about reading our mail. It's like this lady has got some inside information. And when somebody prophesies some stuff over you that nobody else knows, it's like you take note. So it wasn't just us. She, she pulled other people and we think, my Lord, this lady, she's just hitting it right on the head here. So the members of staff in the building got to hear that somebody was in town that was releasing these prophetic words, and they said, can we come in and receive prophetic words? So I, I talked to them, and she says, of course. And it's like anybody that you put in front of her, she would just release the prophetic word and read the mail. And my delight was looking at people's faces, and their, their jaws would drop open. It's like, this lady is just reading me. And so over that weekend, I came to realize that there was an authentic prophetic ministry that was ministering to these people. And she's so personable anyway. And her and Marge, because of their gifting, uh, got on really great and really connected to. So it was just a joy to have her around. I'm not against prophetic people putting words on Facebook or on social media, but my concern with it is where is the, one, the relationship, and two, where is the accountability? Because anybody can say anything through social media these days. And very few people are accountable about what they've said. What I love about Emma is she wants to be accountable. She's saying, record it, get your iPhone out, record it, because I want to be accountable to what is being said. And so in coming into the city, she wanted to be submitted to the leadership of the city. She just wasn't coming in and bringing prophetic word that, well, I brought it and now I'm leaving, cleared up the mess. She wasn't like that at all. So because she has a grace to speak into not only people, but into cities and regions and nations. Um, she's asked the Lord about Brexit. And a year and a half ago, God spoke to her that the Brexit situation would be really difficult for the UK. So this isn't a recent word. This is 18 months ago. And that it would be a difficult Brexit for the UK for one reason. And she says, the Lord said to me, I have wanted to come in response to the cry of my people. Again and again. But what has prevented me in coming close to the whole nation is the pride of the UK. Because I would violate my own principles. Because God opposes the proud, 
but gives grace to the humble. So we're speaking about Mozambique just recently. Uh, this morning, I mean, uh, talking about the offering. Marge and I were in Mozambique with Heidi nearly two years ago, and she tells the story of what really caused the breakthrough was the devastating floods in the year 2000. Brought the nation to its knees. The government, the infrastructure of Mozambique was devastated. And in fact, the Mozambican authorities were resistant to Heidi coming. They, they, they didn't open their arms to her and say, oh yeah, it would be great to have you in. But because of the supernatural that took place as a result of the natural disaster, it caused the authorities to open up their hearts and revival. It was just so wonderful to uh, see what God is doing, including seeing people being raised from the dead because the, super, the supernatural realm, doors got opened, and that's the delight of what Heidi and Roland are doing now. They're saying, these floods might have come, it just gives an opportunity for God. And when, when man reaches his, his, his extremity, that's where God has an opportunity to break in. When we're in a place of we're on our knees, we're not self-confident, we're not in a place of, yeah, we've got it all together, it causes our hearts to be humbled and cry out to him. This is exactly what happened in Argentina right before God brought revival, that the nation was completely defeated as a result of the Falklands, that this glorious nation, which had the, the amazing uh, mix of all the best of European nat nations together, was humbled and in his humility cried out to God and God visited by a revival that has affected the world from Argentina, that a revival has gone across the world. And, and this is how God does it. When a nation gets proud and exalts itself, God humbles it. When a nation humbles itself, God says, then I will exalt you. Israel's, nation, uh, Israel's nation's history is like that. When they forsake him and got proud, he sent other nations in. But when they humbled themselves, he brought prophets in the gave them the word of the Lord and redirected them and raised up godly people to, to lead them. And of course, we've, we've traded on the fact that we've been an empire and uh, so much has happened as a result of what happened in the British Empire, but that's all history. We no longer got an empire. But I do believe there's an amazing divine destiny on this nation. And I believe we've walked away from it. We've walked away from our devotion to Jesus. We've, we've not walked in his identity for us. And God is humbling us in this process of Brexit. There's a bunch of people who thought that we would get out and Europe would give us what we want. Clearly, that has not happened. 
And I'm not making any political comments here. I'm just being objective. I'm not taking sides at all. I'm just saying it for what has happened. And even now, there is chaos in the political world. Here's my delight. This is the environment the Holy Spirit loves. Genesis 1. What's on going on in the world? Chaos. Where's the Holy Spirit? Right in the middle of it. Waiting for the word of God because he wants to activate things. So the, the Holy Spirit is it's like he's drawn to chaos. He loves that environment because he's never without a solution. And he's never without a power to change things around. So as the people of God, it's important that we keep allied to who God is and what he's doing so that we are partnering with Holy Spirit so that we are not partnering with the world system. We're actually partnering with heaven's system and bringing hope into society. So how does this work for us? Well, it's really important that we are people that are staying humble in heart, staying responsive to the Lord. And I've, I've felt that one of the ways in which we have lost our way as a nation is that God made us to be a nation in the United Kingdom of with a mother and father heart to the nations of the world. And many of the nations that were or are Commonwealth nations look to the United Kingdom in a parenting role. And a few months ago, this began to dawn on me and my heart began to break because we had been absent parents to the nations of the world. I don't know if you know this, but when we joined the EU back in the 70s, as a result of the tariffs that we imposed upon nations that were actually family, Places like New Zealand went into deep recession because we had such strong trade links with them that the tariffs that were imposed caused them to go into recession and they had to find alternative means of economic connections and they found that in the, the Far East. Amazing things have happened uh, which I don't have time to explain, but God heard their cries and satisfied them with new, new economic ties. But I do believe that as a nation, there's a mothering and fathering anointing on us that God wants us to help the nations of the world. So it's not just Emma... Because if Emma was the only voice, I would be concerned. So um, Jared Cooper, too, is a prophetic voice from hell. And he talks about, he released a word just last month about God making room for the UK. That it's been like lost in a forest and God was clearing to make some light and to make some room. And he was... His light was shining on this nation because 
we were to be different in our identity to other nations. That doesn't mean to say better, but we lost our identity. Um, just a few months ago, we had Martin Scott come through to us in Leicester. Again, this is, uh, Martin's been around a long time, but that's the first time that I'd met him. And we got on great. And uh, he was just saying that there was a realignment coming. In fact, he brought it as a result of being in Leicester, and he had this, Leicester was the place, of course, where King Richard was found. And in the car park. And when he was found in the car park, his spine was twisted. He had scoliosis. And Martin began to prophesy that the spine in Leicester, because it's in the middle of England, it's representative of what God wants to do of to straighten the spine of the United Kingdom, and especially the spine of England. And there was to be a, an adjustment that brought true alignment with what God wants and, and uh, a true representation in this nation of what he wants the nation to be. And there was to be a realignment of the nation with Europe. It's not that we're against Europe. Certainly Martin isn't against Europe because he actually lives there. He lives in Spain. But there was to be a realignment of what the UK was in order to bring blessing to the to the European nations. So I'm saying all this for this reason. The people of God are to be allied to heaven's realm, not to political process. And so in the midst of all the political shenanigans, it's important that our hearts are bathed in heaven's realm. We are not representing political parties. We are here to represent the King of Kings and his perspectives. I believe that as believers, we are to walk with him with humility because this is what this nation needs, that a nation that humbles itself and responds in righteousness attracts the favor of God. And we as salt and leaven in society are carrying this heart and attitude. And uh, this is the brilliance of the story with God and Abraham. Abraham says, will you judge the city if there's 50 in it? God says, no, I won't. And he negotiates it ways down. And you might think, well, the Christians aren't many, but I tell you what, there's more than enough salt and believers in this nation to affect the whole nature of what God is in the United Kingdom. And our heart's desire is this, as we humble ourselves on behalf of the nation and as we respond to what he wants to do, Lord, align this United Kingdom up to heaven's purposes and that, yes, it might be a difficult Brexit situation and there might still be some incredible fallout, but our eyes are not on the natural or on the political process. Our eyes are on you, Lord, because this is what Emma is prophesying, that there's going to be an amazing move of the Spirit. There's going to be amazing... Uh, uh, coming of his presence, not only into this nation, but into the nations of Europe as a result of this adjustment. 
And so let's see it from heaven's perspective. Let's not only live personally from heaven's perspective, but let's live corporately as the body of Christ from heaven's perspective. And we speak into our nation and we say, United Kingdom, align with heaven's perspective. Let the spine of England be lined up with what you've called us to be. And Father, as we've been on this journey into your heart of fathering, and as we've learned to become sons and daughters of the Most High, I ask that this mothering, fathering, anointing, that you desire us for us to walk in as a nation, that we might represent it as your church, and that wherever we go and we're carrying compassion and kindness and a desire to see heaven's realm outworked in society. And Lord, even in these next days and weeks, as we work through these challenging processes, our eyes are to you. We just ask for miraculous intervention. We pray for Theresa May that you would give her wisdom and grace. We pray for godly counselors around her. We understand that you have appointed her at this present time for this role. And we say in Jesus' name, give her the wisdom, give her the advisors to to give her godly advice. And Lord, we just ask that the realignment of the UK according to your will might take place so that your glory can be poured out not only in this nation, but in the nations of Europe. And Lord, we do not depend upon political conditions for peace. We say peace is only found in Jesus Christ alone. You are our peace. And so we align with you. We want to be those that represent heaven's kingdom. We say shalom to you, United Kingdom, and shalom to you, Europe, in Jesus' name, as we represent heaven's design into our nation and our continent. Be glorified here, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Freedom Church. We'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us. Find out more about us on social media. Just search Freedom Church Leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church. Hello.